Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. I love church today more than I've ever loved church in my whole life. That is true. Uh, I've, had, I've had tough days here. Don't get me wrong. But um, I am glad that we get to do this together. I'm really glad we get to do this together. And I, I consider it a great privilege. Amen? Um, so we're going to get into it. Um, I want to talk to you real quickly um, it's going to be a bit different because I just want to share a few things with you. But I want to—I really want to talk about vision um, into the year ahead. Just share some things that I got on my heart that I'd like us to to consider. Um, I'm not the person who says God said unless God said, right? I, I'm just not going to do that. Oh, I've been shouted at. I don't know why she uses her middle finger. <laughs> I don't understand Annie. There's other ways. There's just better ways. Um, but I want to talk, I want to talk um, vision, and so as we head into, it's not a new year for us, right? Like New Year's Day is different, it's a whole different thing, and I think uh, I, always look at, I always look at New Year's Day and think to myself, you need to start to think ahead of yourself about the vision that you want, the things that you want to achieve or, or dream about as you come into a new year. New Year's just a great start, it's a nice opportunity to wipe the slate and start fresh, Amen. But as a church, I want to share some things that, that I would like us to consider. Um, so I know, I know for, you know, for this year, you're probably thinking, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing, Pastor Anne? And my question to you is this. If I give you an idea of what I believe we should accomplish, would you jump in and help make it possible? It's easy to look at me and go, what are we doing? But what I've, I've found for myself, certainly over the years, is it's so easy to say, what are we doing? And then when they say, this is what we're doing, I say, come on, you guys should get involved. You guys, It's never me. It was never me putting my hand to it. It was never me putting my hand in my pocket. It was never the hour. I wasn't going to apply myself. And so I, I really believe that, that we, are, we are a team. It's an us thing. It's not a me thing, right? I, I don't want it to be me. I want it to be us. And so I want us to accomplish things. If I think that it's a God thing, I'm going to tell you it's a God thing. Otherwise, there's a lot of the time it's just an Andrew thing or a team thing. Amen? Like somebody's gone, I've got a great idea, and I've gone, let's do that. Yes? So that, that's important to note. And so I want to read the scripture quickly out of uh, the book of Ephesians. It says, uh, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. This, these are gifts that, that Jesus himself has given to us. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. We are all called to full-time ministry. All of us. Let's, let's make that clear. Every one of us is in the same boat. I am in this with you, right? But what God has done is, is there's, there's some people that, are in these, that, that meet this criteria that God uses in the church to equip the church for the work of the ministry. Now, I've seen evangelists who tell people, you should evangelize. They just constantly down your throat about how you should evangelize, but they haven't brought anyone to church for the last five years, right? That's not an evangelist. You're not equipping anyone to do the work. It's evangelists are people who are, this is their world, their life, the thing that God uses them to do. And they teach us some of what they get right so that we can use those tools to reach our world. Amen? They're not better than, and they're not exempt from actually serving. That's why you don't see me walk in here, and I don't have four people helping me carry my Bible and a bottle of water, and I come late and leave early. I serve. 
I arrive. I turn up and I do things. And I, do, I lift heavy stuff because that's all I'm allowed to do. Amen? And their responsibility, verse 12, this mine, part of my responsibility, is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Amen? So I'm committing, this is my commitment over the year, over the year ahead, that I'm going to do all I can do to help equip and teach you to become all that you need to become and to do all that you need to do, and together we can reach the city. Amen? So in short, I'm going to do my bit, and I want to know whether you're going to do yours. Oof. Mm. The word vision, it comes from a Latin word, and uh, it means to see. The, the thing is this. Uh, if you Google it, which is how we all live our lives, uh, it's more than just eyesight, though. Vision is more than just something you can see with your eyes. Having eyesight just isn't enough. It's the ability to think or plan the future with imagination and wisdom. You've got to be able to dream of a preferred future. You've got to think about something and you've got, to, you've got to approach that something with imagination. Imagine what could be. I can remember walking down Rockingham Foreshore and thinking, imagine like, so we're going to plant this church and I, I would try and imagine, what's it going to be like? What would it be? What's it going to feel like? What do I imagine that people would experience? And I try to imagine what it could, what would I love it to be? What would I want to experience if I arrived here? Would I, how, how desperate am I to walk into an environment that is rude, to an environment that is, that is just messy? I don't want that. I want people to walk in and feel comfortable. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel like they matter. I want them to come in here and experience the Word of God in a way that even if they disagree, they can walk out and go, I like that place. Those people were great. They were friendly and they were helpful and they were kind and they didn't judge me. And they walked up and said hello. So I imagined that's possible. And then I started to work toward it and pray and say, God, how do we do it? What do we have to say? What do we have to do? What do we have to fix? What do we have to build? I used my imagination to dream of something that was better than anything I'd ever had. And then I prayed that God would give us wisdom to achieve some of those goals. That's part of vision. I have an idea of what I want to see in this church. Amen? It's more than seeing with your eyes. It takes time, thought, and wisdom. And my concern is that Christians are getting so caught up with the busyness of life, the chaos of what the world is doing, that we forget what we're doing and we lose vision. We lose that passion, that drive, that something that we had on day one. Do you remember what it was like? There's many people that were here on day one. What was it like or that moment where you thought, this is my church. Now what? And there was a passion and a drive and there was fire and an excitement and you posted everything and liked everything and shared everything and you told people about Jesus and you, you wanted this to be, this mattered so much for you that you wanted it to matter for them. And then life happened. And you got busy and the kids and work and, and slowly that, that passion dwindles. And it's time for us to get back. And it's not about being knocked on the head. It's about a reminder that, hang on, there is more at stake here 
than what's happening at work. There's more at stake than what's happening in my private life. There is more at stake than what's happening in my finances. There is something bigger at play, and his name is Jesus, and he didn't call you to be idle or worry about those things. He, he said, I want you to die to yourself, and I'm going to use you for greater works. Are you with me? It's time for us to get back there. It's time for us to start to love people the way he demonstrated 2,000 years ago. When last did you cross the road to say hello to somebody who just, they just, you know, I spoke to somebody this morning. I've met him once at the train station. We had a, we had an, I'll just say we had an interesting conversation there. And I got to say hello to him again today. Man, people, you think you've got problems. You think you've got issues. You don't. Other people, other people are struggling. Mental illness, like on another level. Struggling in life. You just think to yourself, have you seen the price of petrol? They, 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 they are likely to go the next rest of their life without even being able to buy a car. Don't worry about the price of petrol for him. His issue is cigarettes and meth, I think. And even that is a stretch. When last did you cross the road and say hello? When last did you risk it and do something for someone? When last did you do that? It takes something, but we've got to have a passion for it. When last did you have the guts to say something about church to your boss? It doesn't always have to be the poor person. What about the politician? What about the person who lives in your street, your neighbor? Hey, how you doing? Good. What are you doing the weekend? Yeah, just taking it easy. Now I'm going to church, and you should come with me. Come check it out. We should do something about it. Amen? So we're here to inspire people to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. That's what we said as a church. That is what we're going to strive to do. And to do that, we have to do it how? How are we going to do this? We're going to love God, we're going to love people, and we're going to make a difference. Not I'm going to tell you what you should do about loving God, how you should love people, and how you should make a difference. No, I'm going to turn this all toward myself and say, I want to inspire people. And the way I think I can do that is if I love God, I love people, and I make a difference. And we have to get back to that place where we Stop looking at what everyone's not doing and start realizing that we need to live a certain way if we want to achieve that goal that somebody would look at our lives and say, yep, you're an inspiration to me. I want to be more like you. I want to learn the way you learn. I want to, I want to greet people the way you greet people. I want to care at work the way you care. Maybe you're online. You need to watch what you are posting because people are watching everything about your life. And your life should be an inspiration. They should look at your post and say, man, I want to be like this person, a person of encouragement, a person of grace, a person of love. Are we together? Is this still your focus? Does it still drive you? Mm -hmm. So I think, for me personally, I think about legacy. I think about, I think about legacy probably more than I'd like to admit. I always wonder what's going to be on my what's going to be on the tombstone. Because if you all just put a, a birth like a year that I was born and a year that I died, if you put a birthday and an end date on there, I promise you, you you'll be in trouble. Boy, I tell you now, I don't know how it's going to work, but you won't sleep. Like, I don't you dare lie. Write a lie. Write anything, but don't just put a start and end on there. Don't you dare. 
Don't even think about it. Like, I don't want somebody to walk past and go, oh, he lived and died. (laughs) That would make me feel physically ill. Even as a dead person, I'd still throw up. Like, I don't want to even... I wonder whether somebody would be able to go further because of me. I wonder whether somebody would stand on my shoulders the same way that I've had the opportunity to stand on other people's. I wonder about that. But we'll never leave a legacy if we don't have vision. You'll never leave a legacy. There'll never be anything in your, in, in your wake that is worthwhile unless you're actually aiming at something. Because life, it's, just, it's just going to happen to you unless you make it happen. Right? So vision requires that we dream about possibility. And vision, believe it or not, requires that you dream and think about the next generation. I'm going to show you this. It requires. So if you're like, man, I'll just tell you what I'm doing. I'm dreaming about having this house on the ocean, like a four by two double story with a view. Mm. How on earth does that benefit anyone back there? If it doesn't, you are saving for something, but you don't have, that's not vision. That is not vision. That's just, I want more. If it doesn't include the next generation, and believe it or not, the generation after, it's not vision. It doesn't matter how hard you work, you're always going to be left wanting. You're never going to achieve anything that matters. Legacy requires that we build toward that dream. We've got to have wisdom, we've got to have diligence, and we've got to have patience. All of those things, like wisdom I need, diligence, patience, takes faith. Amen? If you're going to dream of a life that would impact a generation to come and the generation after that, you have to take hold of something by faith. You have to say, I'm believing that it's possible. I'm going to walk in that as though it is possible. I'm going to work toward it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to be patient in the process. And I'm going to trust God for ideas because this will matter for the generations to come. Right, I, I have a dream in this church that we would be a church that even the unchurched would come to and love to attend. I don't expect everybody to agree with me, but I do want them to walk out and feel like they can come back. I want somebody, this would be crazy thought, right? This said by no pastor ever. I want somebody to be able to leave this church, go to another church and feel like they can visit this church again. Most pastors say, if you leave this, Judas, you can never come back. Right? And I think the person who says that is more like Judas than anything else. It's, it's bigger than that. It's got to be bigger. We've got to think bigger. Amen? Faith without works is? Mm. So if you're not doing it by faith, it's dead. If you don't take hold of it by faith, it's dead. Nothing will ever happen. If you want the next generation to stand on your shoulders, you have to understand this. For all of you that are a little bit older, hear me now. If somebody's going to stand on your shoulders, you need to be there for them to stand on. They have to be able to stand on your shoulders. They have to be able to stand on you and see further. I remember when my my brother, who's now old, uh, he was small, a kid. I remember like putting him on my shoulders and holding, you know, he was still like small enough that I could hold his arms and he could see. Or I'd try to get him to touch the roof. 
And if you've ever done that to a young kid, it's a mistake because the minute you do it once, what's the only thing they want? They need more. And the problem is they keep eating, so they get heavier. And eventually you put them on and you're like, ow, 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 that hurts. I can't do it anymore. And then you start lying. You're like, oh, I'm, str- I'm not strong enough. My elbow's sore. I've hurt my elbow. Come on. Come on, Shane, be honest. Like, I got sciatica. I'd like to, but I can't. But why? Because they want to be able to stand somewhere and see something they've never seen before. And for them to do that, you have to, it's going to cost you something, sometimes like marks and bruises. If you want the next generation to go further, you're going to have to climb high so that they can go higher. You're going to have to go far so they can go further. You have to think big so that they can think bigger. And not only that, so that they can understand what big thinking can accomplish. We tell this generation, go big. Who told them that? You. But you've at least gone big though, right? Like, or going big so that you can at least say, like me. Think big like me. Dream big like me. There should be something that they can look at your life and think, man, you're saying it, but you're it. You're doing that thing. Come to church. Learn and grow and develop. Let God change you from the inside out. I've heard that many people say something and then not turn up to church. Turn up so that they can see what it looks like for somebody to be diligent, to grow, to learn, to develop. Amen? Build something significant. Give extravagantly. Be a generous person. Show them what it's like. Show them what's possible when they look at somebody who actually does it. Do it with class. Like live a life that is classy. You don't have to... Like, how many people like, oh, I grew up like it was tough growing up. Just because your parents acted like trash doesn't mean you have to. You are, you, are not, you are not just like them. If they were an issue, be better than their issue. He spoke to me like that first. Grow up, be classy. Amen? Be exceptional. Don't be average. Don't be average. Beige is, beige is just not it. I had to sell the beige car. I've sold it. I'm heartbroken about it. I'm heartbroken. Because I love beige. Be excellent. You don't have to be perfect, but be excellent. Like, turn up. Be a sharp person. You'd be amazed what happens if you turn up to work on time. You'd be shocked. You'd be amazed. You know that promotion you want? It's probably come your way. You turn up 15 minutes late, and then when they pick the person who sucks in the desk next to you, you're like, why them? Because they turned up. They offered the promotion to the person who came early this morning. Come on. Never give up. Stop giving up. Stop quitting. It's difficult. Maybe God's got something different. He doesn't. He doesn't. He, one, one of the things God does really well is create really difficult things for people to do and then goes quiet. Have you noticed that? I want you to, I want you to go and set my people free. Yeah, I can't because there's a whole stuttering thing going on. Good point. I'm going to send somebody to help you and I'll meet you back here. Go read. 
He says, when you get back here, that'll be a sign that what I said was going to happen, happened. So what's going to happen? There's going to be some tough moments. I'll see you later. I'm going to go talk to Heinrich. You get going. That's how it works. He's not worried about it. We need to leave a legacy. Amen? Proverbs 13 says this in 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Some of you can't even afford to pay attention. Don't worry about what they're going to get. I think to myself, it's like, Andrew, you're supposed to leave an inheritance to your children's children. Aha, uh -huh, I found the loophole. Found the loophole. I haven't got kids yet. I say yet because I don't know. Who knows? Lord knows. Lord knows. He knows. He knows, Joe. I don't know. He knows. She's showing him the same finger Annie showed. Come on. It's got to be further than your kids. It's got to be their kids. Can you stop living for yourself? Like that would make a tremendous difference in the kingdom. Like if you did nothing other than just stop being selfish and self-centered, you just we would do a tremendous amount. I'd like to give, but it's just because I've got, you know, the, ser the car needs to be serviced. Fact, Em. Stop living for yourself. So I want to ask you this. Are you willing to help me set up the next generation for success? Some, somebody has to go first. Somebody has to do it. Do you want to know why we don't have a church building? Probably because somebody two generations ago kept their money. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably why. You want to know why uh, you haven't seen certain things happen the way that it could have happened is probably because somebody before us didn't turn up. That, that's the honest truth. You want to know why we have to give big? Because no one's going to do it for us. That, that, that ship has sailed. I'm just as annoyed as you. It would have been really nice if somebody said to me, Andrew, uh, you want to start a church? Hey, uh, we, we've got... So actually not our church, but, but the pastors before that, they started to save toward this. And, and so what we want to do is come alongside you and say, here is a building and here is some finance and we're going to back you and we're going to support you. And all we only ask you one thing is that you would not only build for the generation that is, but for the generation that would be. And that what we give you, you would give them more. Imagine that. Imagine how different it would be. But no. Retirement mattered. That is the truth. Retirement mattered. It was difficult. What about? And we need to break free from that. Amen? Habakkuk wrote, wrote, writes this way, says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answers plainly on tablets so that the runners can carry the correct message to others. There's something important about transfer. Vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it surely will take place. It will not be delayed. Vision, what happens is we dream big. It doesn't happen fast, so we abandon it. Because it obviously wasn't God. 
Because if it was God, it would have happened fast. And, and legacy requires that we, 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 we focus on what could be for generations to come, and then we build diligently. We keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and God says that when the right time comes, that result is going to happen. We need to hear from Him and wait it out, and we keep faithful in the process. Amen? So your legacy only exists if we have vision for the future. I want to share just a couple of things that I want to believe God for, and I'm hoping you would help me uh, over the year ahead. Number one is Bibles. I've, I've, uh, we, we are about to order a lot. Okay, we are going to order a whole bunch of Bibles. We're in the process. I've seen the quote on my email. Um, I'm too scared to open it. Um, but we are going to do it. Here's one thing I've realized with Bibles. People tell me all the time, I, I can't hear the voice of God, and I actually, I hear you. That it is a valid comment. It is valid. I, I know there's a lot of pastors who'll be like, well, my sheep hear my voice and you should be able to. No, it, it's uh, learning to hear the voice of God is not always the easiest thing on planet Earth. But I've never seen somebody show me something written in Scripture and say, I, 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 this doesn't exist. You can hear from God by reading the Bible. A lot of the things we pray about, the answer is already in it. And it's like, I'm trusting God. Trust Him, but keep reading. And, and we need to get the Word of God into people's hands. Now, I believe this. If we do it, I think they're going to hear from God. But we need to stop worrying about them hearing from God. Then we put a Bible in their hand. No, we're going to give them a Bible and help them see how great God is even when they cannot fully hear Him. And I'm telling you, you start to read the, voice, you start to read the Word and suddenly, bam, I think, I, I think I'm experiencing what God wants for my life. You start to hear because you recognize that voice in, a, in amongst all the, the, the chaos out there and the advertising and the TV and the Netflix and your friends. You start to, something happens and you recognize in this sea of noise, you go, that's God. Amen? We got to, I want to I get Bibles. Here's the thing. If I said to you, I want you to buy a $40 Bible every week, I'll be honest with you, um, probably most of you couldn't do it. If I asked you for $40 every week for a Bible for someone, I don't believe you could do it. Here's how I know it's true. The average Christian gives $23. That's not here. That's everywhere. I told somebody that recently, and they said, you're wrong. And so I showed them the stats. Not stats that were online. I went and found it and looked through everybody's finances. Sorry, boys. I looked through your finances. You can, $23, that's how much we give on average, every person. So you think to yourself, I don't give $23, no way. I give like four, right? Um, that means somebody else is giving more to make up. Amen? But if I told you, what about a dollar a week? You know that every week in this room right now, if all of us put a dollar in, we could buy somebody a Bible. One dollar. I'm not asking you for 40 I'm not here to try and skim as much money off you as I can get out of you. I'm just saying that if all of us put a dollar in, we buy a Bible, we get 52 Bibles next year into people's hands. Cost you a dollar, one dollar. Just a thought. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm going to put the Bibles in people's hands anyway. It'd just be really nice if, if, part of, if part of your faith journey was to invest in people having the Word of God. Amen? Um, I'll touch on this quickly because I know it's important. Um, I know you all want a church building. 
I know the more media we get, the more they want a church building. Right? Every time we unplug and plug something in, it resets and then doesn't work. Um, that, that's, how, that's how media works. Um, so, so buildings generally, um, even if you're a pastor and you tell them this, generally buildings cost money. Um, just as a general thing, they just and they cost a lot because you'll like lots of stuff. Um, we will get a building. We will. I'm believing God that we will get a building, 100%. But that's not my number one focus, just so that we're clear. It's not. God didn't say, I want you to build a building. He, came, he wanted us to come and reach the people of the city. That's my focus. I want to reach people. When, when, they, when they said to Jesus, how am I supposed to pay my taxes? He said, go fishing. No, no, I need to pay the bill, so go fishing. The, the, the money is in the fish's mouth. You want a building? Go reach some people. The money is with them, and that will buy you your building. Amen? So every time you're like, but I want a building. Who are you bringing to church? There's my answer. Amen? Let's move right along. I know. Everyone feels the same. We're all like, no! Um, another thing that I want us to do, I'm going to be honest now, um, is the pantry. In the year ahead, I want us to focus on the pantry. I'm trying to find ways. I know Sunday's a busy day, and then you leave home, and you get here, you hear the word pantry, and you're like, damn it. I, could. I am going to find other ways to do it for you. Again, you think to yourself, well, I, don't, I can't afford to bring somebody a meal. Nobody's asking you for that. They're asking you for a can of baked beans. Again, it's a dollar. Like, pretty much everything I'm going to talk about could go away over a cup of coffee a week. So if you were to sacrifice one coffee, take that one coffee, put the money in, I think we could achieve just about everything that I'm going to talk about here, except for your building maybe. Amen? Oh, no, I, I'm sorry about it. Right? Here's the thing with the pantry. I believe if you want to trust God for big things, you have to be faithful with little things. The pantry is not my passion. It's just not. It, I would be lying if I said that I wake up in the middle of the night and think pantry as I wait. I just, it does not happen. I pull up here and think pantry. Deb's going to kill. But I don't wake up in the middle of the night. Deb, however, dedicates time and effort to go and not only just be part of what they're doing, but she's in that organization. She's making a difference. She's serving. She's, she's taking stuff. She's giving of her time, of her money, all of that stuff. And so what I'm saying is just because it's not my passion doesn't mean the Bible's less true. And the Bible says that we should consider those that are poor and those that are struggling. And their passion is not my passion, and that doesn't make them wrong. But we can come alongside people who are passionate, even if it's not our thing, and we can say, does it line up with the Word of God? If yes, let's back it. Because I would rather back it and do what God's called us to do than not do anything and hold on to it. Now, here's the thing why I'm really passionate about it. I believe God wants us to have a farm and to produce food. I felt that the Lord spoke to me a, a, a while back and said to me that we need to produce food for a thousand people in the church. Normally, when God says a thousand, he talks about men, which means about 5,000 people, unless you're in your Hans family. Then it's like 48,000 people, right? But it's about 5,000 people. So we have been divers we also have a campus online we should be producing food for around about 50,000 people we're lots of people 
We are not going to get there if we're not faithful with what we have. But the generation that is behind us, I don't want them to have to go to Coles and eat the junk and rubbish that they feed everyone because we weren't prepared to get something good into their hands. I want us to have healthy food that's available to people, not only our church, but outside of our church. Why can it not happen? Most people come and need prayer because they're sick, and it's arguably because of the junk that we get fed. And it's a generational thing, and somebody is going to break it. I want us to be those people who break it. Amen? So we're faithful with the pantry because we're believing God that one day the pantry will never have to look for food outside to another organization. They can come and take as much as they need and continue to serve the purpose of God that He's called them to. They don't need to pay for it. They don't need to panic. The provision would be there. Amen? I want us as a church... I'm almost done. I want us as a church... uh, to support things like Bridges for Peace. I sat with uh, Matthew and them on Friday. Like, if you see what they are doing, and I'm going to have more coming your way because he said a few things which I need to not only pray about, but things that just really, I was like, there's no, I didn't even know this was happening. But they are making a difference in a way that is hard to explain. Very, very difficult to explain. I'm trying to work out many times, like, how do we get like a church logo on that, right? But, um, because that, 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 that I do. Like, I'm, I'm building this church. Like, I'm not, I'm not thinking about other things. I'm thinking about here. But sometimes we have to put all of that aside and say, no, how do we serve the purpose of God outside of branding and outside of what matters? Amen? The other thing that I want us to do is, um, is plant churches. Know that we have people in this church who want to plant a church. Oh. Silly, silly choices. (laughs) Come on, they want to plant a church. Imagine that. Imagine somebody wants to plant a church. Now, I would have loved it if somebody came alongside me and said, hey, here's a whole bunch to help you. And guess what? Pastor Daryl did that. And so we've got a choice to make. We can either wait until they're ready and then have to give big. Or we say, no, we're going to believe God every step of their journey and we're going to sow into what they want to do now. So by the time they're ready to step out, we can launch them with a whole lot. How cool would that be? It's easy to think outside, like for the next generation. What about the next generation in here? Amen? That might be more than your dollar. That's two coffees. You're right. Um, Three things and then we're done here. Uh, one is the other thing we want to do in the year ahead is I want us to start looking at uh, education. I, I really, really love how the education system works. I love that if you want to study the Bible, you need around about fifty to $80,000, which is not a lot for you, probably. Um, but if, if, if our biggest giving is $23 in church, then I, I, just, I, I might be wrong. I'm not a numbers guy. But one thing I know is that if 23 is what we can do, then 80,000 is probably a little bit further. It's not as easy. $80,000 if you want to understand the Bible. No, no. No way. No. It's not happening. We are going to change it. I don't know how we're going to change it, 
but we're going to change it. People shouldn't have to pay that kind of money to learn about God. They just, they just should not have to pay that kind of money. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous and it's unacceptable. And there's a lot of churches making money out of stuff like this. And, 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 and the Bible's not a money-making tool. It's just not. And I'm going to buy some extras for them. And I'm going to go belt somebody with that Bible. Right, we just keep moving right along. Um, another thing we're going to look at, which is, I'm still trying to get my head around this, is in the year ahead, I am going to look at how we can come alongside uh, like an orphanage or a school. Yes. Amen. Some of you are long overdue a missions trip. You are long overdue. And when you get back, I will be here waiting for you. I want you to know that. Uh, Joe. you are free to take people anywhere. Uh, she's done things like gone and, what did you do? You went to the Amazon or something, swam with piranhas or, you know. We know she makes bad choices. Like, uh, let's just go beyond ourselves. We're called to the city. We're going to reach the city. But let's just do something that just might not ever eventuate in anything other than just blessing people. Imagine that. You might help somebody and never, ever, ever know if it mattered. I was talking to somebody on Saturday. Um, and I'm going to get them in to come and share with you. They, they just planted, they just like, they went somewhere and they just started a school. You think, how did you start a school? That's the question I never had time to get my head around. Just started. Four teachers, 40 kids. Um, these kids will never, ever, 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 ever be able to attend a public school because they cannot afford a uniform. That's the barrier. They will never be able to do it. What he has done will change their entire generation. Their whole family lineage is different because of what he's done. How on earth? No jungle gym, no, no equipment, found what has to be taught, got teachers. Now, I'm just like, that's amazing. How do you support that? And he goes, my salary. What one person can do with vision for changing a generation's future that has no benefit to him, none whatsoever. In fact, here's the crazy thing. It's in a Muslim compound, and his only request was, don't, don't uh, teach them religion. I want to get them out of where they are. I don't want them learning religion. I don't want them to walk out of here Muslim. I want them to walk out of here understanding how to use a computer and how to speak English. Try to get your head around that. That is like, it's massive. Amen? Imagine being part of something like that. That would be cool. And then lastly, as a church, this one will cost you not a lot. In fact, this one, this one I'm going to help you save some money. I'm going to help you save toward the other things. Because I felt like a lot of this was going to cost us. So I wanted this to be in there. But one thing we're going to do over the next year is we're going to continue fasting. And you can save on the food. Right, You're going to save on that food. You're going to save a lot of money on that food. And the more you fast, the one thing I tell you, the more you'll save. So the more you honor God here, the more money you're going to have. We, um, we, started, we started fasting and praying um, for Saxon. I, we never had an end date. It was a great idea to start. And I never, I'm just going to assume it was a God thing because people are just loving it. Right? But I haven't heard from the Lord about stopping. Why should we? Why should we? 
So here's a, I was sharing this with some, the same person. I was sharing them what we're doing. He was just like in tears. He was a mess when I was telling him what we're doing. And so he has a very good friend of his. I know him. He passed away uh, a few months ago, which I didn't know about. But there's a guy in hospital and very unwell. And the family phone him and they say to him, they've called the family. He's going to pass away. Would you come and pray? And so he, he gets on his knees and he starts praying and praying and praying. And he, he, will, he will testify that he, he felt like he heard God say, pray, everything is going to be okay. Well, of course, he stops praying. He jumps in his car. He drives, you know, he drives like curtain, like in a crazy. He's just, he just goes flying. Down the road. He gets to the hospital. He tells the family, just let me at this guy. I've heard from God. God says, if I pray, Everything's going to be okay. He goes in. He begins to pray. He grabs the guy's hand. And he dies. He is wild with God. Wild. For three days, he doesn't pray at all. When he does start praying, he's like, what are you doing? Like, not only the embarrassment of that, but you said, you said pray. I prayed, and he dies. How is everything fine? And he felt the Lord say to him, why did you stop? You stopped because you didn't see something happen. God never said, stop praying. And when he said that, he said to me, if God's called you guys to pray, don't you dare stop praying. Don't you dare stop praying. I don't know what God's going to do, how God does it, or when he's going to turn up. I have no, that I can't answer for. But we do not stop. And I want to encourage you, and those online as well, the nice part about being on an online platform is you can still fast. Right? So you can so get involved here. But I want us to continue praying. And if you need prayer for anything, I want you to let us know. You don't have to let me know the whole story. You could just say, could you pray for me? Because God knows you. And we're going to add you to that. And we're going to have, continually have people pray and fast. And all I ask is that you come back once God has done something. And you say, hey, thank you for praying. This is the result. God made a way. Amen? Possible? Come on, I want you to bow your heads for a moment. Imagine for a moment what would be possible... If in the year ahead, we just said yes to God. I'm certainly not asking you to do everything. But I am asking you to do something. What is that one thing that I shared this evening where you go, yeah, I, I, I think I can play a part. I know it costs you a lot. I know it's, a, I know it's hard. We, we serve on team, which I'm not going to apologize for. We, we turn up every week. We make this place excellent. I'm not saying sorry for that. We have to win our world, and that costs us money. And I'm, you can talk to the Lord about that as well. But imagine if we were a church that just said, let's dream big. Let's dream big. Let's just... Let's not just see what we're doing, but let's trust God that the generation that is coming and the generation that will come after them 
will be impacted by what we do today. I'm going to do my bit. Will you do yours? I'm going to serve. Will you? I'm going to give. Will you? I'm going to reach people. Will you? That's what I'm asking. What legacy do you want to leave? As your head is bowed, you're thinking, man, I want to leave a legacy. Excuse me, I want to leave a legacy. The greatest legacy you can leave is giving your life to the Lord. Because that's going to change your world now and it's going to change the rest of the world forever. I think we should start there and just say, here I am. I surrender afresh. Maybe online you feel like you've drifted. Right now, it's time to come back. You're in the room and you've drifted. For whatever reason, it's time to come back. Let's do something significant together. Amen? So Father, I pray for every person in the room right now that the year ahead would not be like the year that was. It would be a year of growth and expansion for your glory, for the now, for the generation that is coming after us and for the generation after them. We commit ourselves as people here in the room, those online, we commit ourselves right here, right now to saying yes to you and all that you have for us. And we have big dreams and we have no idea how to do it. But we're going to say yes by faith, God. We're going to say yes. Well, we need those wisdom. I pray that we would remind each other of being patient, but I ask for wisdom. God, show us how to do what it is you want us to do. And if any of these ideas are not of you, nothing that you want us to do, God, I pray that you would just remove them from us. We only want to do what matters to you. So have your way in this church. In the year ahead, have your way. In our lives, have your way. In our families, in our workplaces, in our businesses, have your way. Thank you for bringing us together. For allowing us to be family. If not for you, we would never have met. you need to make a decision to give your life to the Lord while no one's looking around, just slip your hand up real quick say, include me. I see a hand. Great decision. If there's anyone online, respond now. Be bold enough to respond. God loves you. And He has a plan for us as a church and for your family in the year ahead. And together we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, we're glad we paid the price. In Jesus' name, we commit the whole of our lives and this church to you, God. Show us what's next. In Jesus' name, we pray. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen, amen, 
Amen. I want you to jump to your feet real quick. As you do, I'm going to read these, these lines. The Lord said the vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. It, it may seem slow in coming. Wait patiently. It will surely take place and it will not be delayed. Whatever God has said in your life, it's not going to be delayed. God's timing is perfect timing. We be patient and we trust Him every step of the way. Amen. Father, as they head into this week, as we head into the year ahead, bless them exceedingly with vision. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen, amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.